Rutherford Issues with Brian Barrett on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford Issues is powered by Middle Tennessee Electric. Their charitable foundation, Sharing Change, is funded by members who round up their electric bills to the nearest dollar each month as a donation and support hundreds of nonprofits. Find out more at sharingchange.org. We're going to head over to Murfreesboro Parks and Recreation Lair, and uh, Thomas Laird is there. How are you, Thomas? Good morning, Brian. I'm doing well, doing well. It's a beautiful day. Yes, it is indeed. Um, We've got a lot to talk about. Summertime is here, and uh, got to visit yesterday with my son, and uh, they went out to uh, Barfield Park with their first time to go to Barfield Park. That's kind of on the other end of uh, town from where they live and and where he grew up uh, you know we live over by the seagull side so uh, he said they really enjoyed their time over at uh, barfield park it's a pretty good place it's it's a cornerstone park it really is it's one of the larger parks uh, for a city park within the state almost 500 acres out there now and there's a little bit of something for everybody out at barfield park yeah, it, it's it sounds like it. Now, um, is that park pet friendly, or are there other places that are pet friendly? You know, Brian, all of our parks are pet friendly. The only place that we ask not bring the pets are on the actual playing field. So for ballparks and the soccer park and all that, as long as you're responsible pet owners, we encourage everyone to bring their pets out. It's just the actual playing surface itself. We do not allow animals yeah. on on there but that's that's understandable you know we found Murfreesboro is a very pet friendly uh, community and several several years ago uh, our one of our executive directors thought what let's see if we can just take down all the no pet signs and see what happens and it it's it's been a good thing for our community yeah I mean um, they have uh, my son and his wife have a well, those big golden doodles or whatever right and uh you know it's it's a good way to to socialize and 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 get them out and you know pets are a part of our families now so oh absolutely and we have dog parks throughout the system uh you know we're constantly working on more but we have one at the case and lane uh, trailhead we also have one over at uh, general bragg trailhead uh so we'll try to get more and we're working on one there at barfield but uh you know, pets on a leash are always welcome within the park. Yeah, that's good stuff. Um, you know, uh, there's so much to talk about. We do want to recap a few things, and uh, we were talking right before we went on the air about spring fling, and, and my goodness, what a successful year, and the weather was just absolutely perfect. Only uh, one little shower right over uh, Starplex and McKnight Park on the first day, and a- other than that, that was, uh, you know, we had Chamber of Commerce weather. Right, right. We did have beautiful weather, and uh, while the shower was unexpected, it did help settle some of the dust. The fields could use a little more water, <laughs> uh, and but we had a great spring fling. I mean, the the, the turnout from the fans was phenomenal. Uh, but the the city of Murfreesboro just in general embraces uh, these events, and the, the people coming to town. I, I hear it over and over how welcome they feel and how uh, the restaurants and hotels and the gas stations and everybody acknowledges that they're there for that state championship and and you know it it really makes a, a 
huge impact on these kids that are competing for those titles. You know, Thomas, uh, John and I, when we were doing one of the seven broadcasts that we did in the four days of spring fling, uh, we're talking about the crowds because on that first day, I mean, unbelievable it, it, wasn't it? it was i mean it was just uh crazy the number of people that were there and our conversation was you know uh you know had to deal with covid and that one year in 2020 right. being nixed and then but this felt like not only a big comeback it, it was maybe a bigger crowd than we've ever seen i think right i think over at softball that might be one of the largest crowds we've ever seen and you know the uh, i had a gentleman talking to me just this morning and said that he didn't know of any other place in the state that could host that kind of volume of crowd and the cars and things. And if you go over to McKnight Park now, you can never tell it ever happened. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's just the, the open space and the ability to be able to, to park all those cars. Uh, the park staff did a phenomenal job on that because while it looked very chaotic, no one was blocked in, nobody had trouble leaving, and it was only about a five to ten minute wait to get into the park, which has been, you know, you know, thirty minutes in years past. Oh yeah. And, and, uh, and, PWSAA made some changes to the schedules, and you probably noticed that, mm-hmm. and that really helped a lot with moving the traffic and moving the people through the parks. A lot of lot of staggering of of the game times and things of that nature, right. which helped people get in and get settled before other folks were coming. And uh, I, I I just have to say too that. Um, you know that, and the, these improvements at McKnight were have been made for a while. But I mean, those parks uh, or those fields, I mean, they were were great. Uh, the great playing surfaces. Some of the improvements that have been made over the years uh, really make it uh, a, a shining star as well. Right. We we have such a phenomenal staff. The park staff is just unbelievable, from the maintenance crew to the people keeping the restrooms clean to the, the folks parking the cars, just in general. Uh, but the, the quality of the fields has increased progressively over the last several years. You know, as we kind of stand out as that state championship fields, uh, we have to carry that throughout the year because a lot of the tournaments we get through the year are here because that's where the state tournament was played. So it really feeds that economic impact and the tourism throughout the remainder of the year uh, but puts that pressure on our guys to continue to maintain those quality playing surfaces we'll leave it to radio folks to cause a, a problem though because on that uh, first night over at the mcknight field we, there were two of us there broadcasting uh from the two different um areas and the the power breaker flipped and you know we were running too much power out of the dugout and but Parks people got uh, got us all back on the air within uh, ten minutes. We actually didn't go off the air, but the other broadcast team did. But rerunning the cord and all that kind of thing, and uh, you know they were there to help, and that was that was very nice to have uh, their assistance. And we were always friendly. And uh, I I, th- I think you're a hundred percent right. Where else could we, you know, have softball? And we haven't even mentioned soccer yet but i mean there's no greater place anywhere i don't think right it's a, a beautiful venue you know that was one of the, the starplex was one of the first uh baseball complexes built with that type of design in tennessee they were kind of a leader and uh as you go out throughout the state there were several complexes that followed that had a very similar design but the logistics of all of our parks in general 
from the soccer park to tennis to McKnight, the flow of traffic and people moving within the park, it really makes for a better fan experience because um, they were really designed well, uh, like Siegel Park. Uh, and we had some of the largest crowds we've ever had at soccer there. And uh, the people getting in and out, while it does take a little bit of patience, it was never more than five, ten minutes that you're waiting in line to get in and out of the park. Well, they had uh, Spring Fling HQ on, and we had that on on the air some as as well. And I heard mention of uh, you know lacrosse and uh, in the future becoming a TWSAA sport right. and uh, uh, girls flag football and 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 you know uh, the the comment that was made it will those be part of spring fling was as long as murfreesboro can accommodate it and i, I think we can accommodate maybe oh, not at absolutely. a city facility but there are places the, that that those things could happen right well keep in mind that Siegel park we only used four uh fields for the the preliminary games and then the stadium fields so we only actually used five fields ah, yeah. to host the the soccer competition and we've got 24 fields uh, 21 fields out at Siegel Park, regulation-sized field. So I think we've got the capacity to host any of those oncoming sports. And that new indoor, uh, that'd be kind of oh, cool. Oh, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> and while we didn't actually use it for spring fling, we had beautiful weather and we were able to stay outside, uh, it was really nice for the teams to be able to go warm up in there and get out of the sun uh, with the fans blowing in the exhaust system. It's significantly cooler in that indoor facility. Uh, and so that was really nice, and it was, it was nice for us to be able to showcase that to the general public and show them uh, the capabilities of Siegel Park. That we are a true training facility. Rain, sleet, or snow, we're going to train. Yeah, <laughs> well, and, and that that's now an option if we do have rain and can't play on the natural surfaces. You've right. you've got an we indoor have turf, and and they actually this year they played all of the uh, quarterfinals and semifinals on the turf fields. And then the championship games were played on natural grass. That's so, right. And that, that's kind of somewhat similar to a traditional soccer season because some schools have turf, some schools don't. So all of these teams are accustomed to playing on both turf and natural grass. Thomas Laird with us with Murfreesboro Parks and Recreation. I could talk to you for hours and hours, but I do want to make sure we get uh, some time in to talk about Special Olympics because I know that has a special place in your heart and uh, done a great job with that and kind of a little bit of a transition year and a change year, but uh, what a huge success. Wow, we had a a wonderful – it was actually the second year that the Parks Department has done that, and they just did an amazing job from the maintenance crew to the athletic division to the, the, the people from the senior center that came over and helped do lunches and all. I, I can't thank everybody enough of, of how hard they worked and how much effort went into making that a huge success. The weather didn't cooperate the first day quite, but, you know, it's like someone was watching over that event because when we started that first race, the sun popped out. It was a beautiful day. So uh, I just hats off to all of them. And, you know, the – thing that has come through Special Olympics and the Miracle League and all this is that there are opportunities now for all of our special needs community uh, from a recreational level to a competitive level. We're taking registration now for flag football and cheerleading uh, for youth as well as for our advantage flag football, which is people of all abilities. Uh, and then we'll, we'll start training for the fall, for the fall sports, flag football and uh, I think soccer will be this fall, and 
Special Olympics has really taken off here in Murfreesboro now, and, and we're taking teams. We had a team that competed in Orlando at the USA Games last year, took third, and then we've had several gold medalists at Summer Games this year. So uh, while Special Olympics at MTSU is phenomenal for the community, the athletes that are coming out and moving on and competing at a higher level has increased. Uh, and that's our overall goal is just to get more and more people involved. Thomas, I've got uh, a couple of minutes here. I know we've okay. got summertime here. The pools are open. You've got camps, Juneteenth. Uh, just kind of hit all of those briefly here for okay. us. Okay. We've got Burl Beach is open now. They are open seven days a week. Uh, and so if you're looking to cool off and enjoy the times, you can go on the city website uh, for any information on that. MurfreesboroParks.com will get you to uh, our the park's homepage and get you the pool schedule and fees and everything associated with that. But Burrow Beach is a huge hit uh, there at Sportscom. But Patterson Park also has their indoor pool is open, uh, maybe a little less crowded, a little more calmer atmosphere there. All of the community centers are operating camps, and we have sports camp and uh, after-school programs that go into camps, both at McFadden and uh, Patterson Park. And then we've got some big events coming up. Juneteenth is a huge one that's coming up, and uh, really excited about that. That'll be uh, right there with the uh, on the near the Bradley Academy Museum and Cultural Center. Uh, activities start on Thursday, June fifteenth, with an author's night book signing, and then on June sixteenth is the Kaleidoscope. Uh, which is a networking mixer of organizations, businesses, different resources uh, that will come together, STEM programs uh, for the whole family. And then on June 17th is the Juneteenth Independence Day Freedom Day. That's the big block party celebration. starts at 10 a.m., free kids' zone, food, vendors, artists, dancing, live music. It's just a really good weekend and fun time for activities, and it's a, a very culturally diverse uh it's a really good reflection of our community because it's a very diverse crowd that attends this. And, uh, it, it's truly the Murfreesboro that we all know. And um, briefly, we're, we're, I guess, less than a month away from uh, the 4th of July as well. So Absolutely, we do. <laughs> Celebration under the stars. And, you know, last year, it was the first year we moved it over to the fountains. Uh, it was a huge success. The community is encouraged to bring lawn chairs, blankets for picnicking on the grass at the fountains. Uh, they'll be parking there. Uh, it, activities will begin at 4 p.m. There's food trucks, music, family activities. Uh, the fireworks are set to go off approximately 9 p.m. Uh, Pyro Shows is the company that does the fireworks every year, and the fireworks will be visible from approximately a half a mile away depending on how cloudy the sky is at yeah. night and obstructions with buildings and trees. Uh, but it, moving it over to the fountains really gave it more of a central uh, area, whereas a, a much larger viewing area. So all of the parking lots there along the avenue were full of people watching the display. It was a really festive time, festive time last year. We anticipate that here. So that's July 4th at 4 p.m. activity start. Fireworks should go off around 9. Sounds good. Thomas, a lot going on. It's uh, it's a great city to be a part of, isn't it? 
It, it is. It really is. It's exciting to be a part of Murfreesboro. We're very proud of our community, and everyone that lives here should be as well. Appreciate it, and uh, enjoy this summertime weather, Thomas. All right. Thank you, Brian. Thanks. You too. Uh, that is Thomas Laird with Murfreesboro Parks and Recreation joining us here on Rutherford Issues today. And a reminder, if you missed any part of the program, check WGNSRadio.com. And when you do that, tap on Podcast and Rutherford Issues to listen back anytime, anywhere.